what's up and welcome to another episode of black and the maritimes i'm fidel i'm hillary i'm clinton and i'm Milan with a charger that i love <laughs> to let everyone and just i'm hillary so you... who's moved to a new city that i love are we just okay so just to keep it so just to keep it an update along got a charger which we think it's an american car it's well it is what it is and hillary just moved to toronto so uh congratulations to the both of you uh i guess uh you guys got something uh, but right now, before we get into the topic, which Hillary's going to do, I am going to say Happy Emancipation Day. Is that, happy is Emancipation that, Day. Is that today. something that we can say now? Happy Emancipation so, Day. Yes. So uh, it's the first time that Canada uh, is celebrating Emancipation Day as a federal day. Uh, we did an episode on CBC. You can check it out on CBC Radio. Uh, it was this Friday on Information in the Morning Moncton, so uh, go ahead and check it out. Uh, but happy Emancipation Day. So, Hillary, what do we got for today? I feel like our listeners get to hear a lot of our opinions, but maybe they don't know where they stem from or our personalities. And it, it is admittedly a lot of work to go back through all our episodes or find, like, my interview that we did. Um, and not that long ago, I well, I wrote an article for CBC as well this week. And the first line I always sort of use to explain my point of view on racism is the fact that I got called um, a nigger baby when I was two years old at Highfield Square in Moncton. Um, And it's always, um, I think, a a jarring story for other people to hear about. Um, And for the sake of continuing that trend of, you know, not just shock value, but being really honest with our listeners, I thought that we could all sort of discuss at least like the first time that that word was said to us in a mean way, if we remember that, um, and some of our feelings around that word. So I've already said my piece. I was called a nigger baby when I was two. Um, I'll, I will add that like, obviously I don't remember that. And my mom always brought it back up as a means to remind me that racism would happen against me, that there were people who were not going to like who I was because of the color of my skin. Um, and to sort of like arm me and prepare me. And I'm sure some people think that that's, um, wasn't the right approach. It was her approach though. So that's how I lived my life. Um, Clinton, I know we were talking a bit about this before the show, but for you, do you have any recollection at all of what the first time that word was used around you in a, in a good way, in a not good way? Cause you grew up in Toronto, which is definitely different than me at the mall in Highfield, at Highfield Square. Um, yeah, I don't recall ever being called that word um nigger in toronto um and if i ever was clearly it wasn't shocking or hurtful or or painful enough to have me remember it um but i do remember um i always say i don't think i'd ever been called that word until i visited moncton new brunswick for the first time and i do recall it happening here i remember being out at like um a nightclub or something in 2003 and people at the bar friending me up having a lot of fun and stuff like that but then feeling they could casually use that word around me and and myself getting upset i remember once um way back in the day meeting some people at a bar and having some drinks with them and having a really good time with them and having fun and them inviting me to come to an after party uh and me agreeing and then like the second 2.33 in the morning, so already, like, we were talking about um, already a more dangerous environment, potentially, than anywhere you'd be during the day. And I remember walking into that place at, like, 2.45, 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, someone saying, hey, guys, this is my new friend Clinton or whatever, and having, like, one of the reactions from a person, like, not 20 meters from me, being like, what did they say? Basically, like, why did you bring him? I don't want any niggers in here with us. And me being like, oh, okay, I, nice to meet you. <laughs> I think I'm going to go and, and leaving. So that's, that's probably one of the first times I remember it being said to me. Um, not till I was in Moncton, New Brunswick visiting on one of the trips I was here before I moved. So Alon, you grew up in New York, which I expect to be completely different than like rural Moncton. And I, I know in my mind, I have the preconceived notion it's what I thought about Toronto as well, that there would be like less hatred because there's more diversity, but at the same time you have a more diverse group of people and some people will let shit fly and say whatever at all periods of time. So what was your experience like? I get, my experience is varied. 
because yeah, New York, I, I think New York, much like Toronto, and I can I can relate with with Clayton in that respect, where like you just said, it's more diverse. So literally you can spend your entire life from birth to death and stay in one borough, stay in one neighborhood, right? Like you, you don't necessarily venture to the five boroughs and you don't necessarily, you know, go upstate or or do whatever. You don't have to. Um, I know that I was born in New Jersey and I went to grade school in Jersey. Um, and I know I was never called nigger in grade school, even though I was the only black, actually the second black kid, my sister was there. So there were the two of us um, going to very, very white suburban schools. Um, And so we weren't called names, but we definitely were ostracized. Um, You know, the teachers didn't know how to deal with us. The students damn sure didn't know how to deal with us. Um, The kids weren't overly cruel. I think the kids in retrospect, um, in hindsight being 2020, the kids were literally, you know, just saying or asking questions based on whatever they were hearing at home. And, and I'm, that's how I categorize it. Right. So when they're telling me, Oh, you know, you're a white boy in a black boy's body. What do you do with that? Right. You just kind of fucking shake it off and you keep it moving. Right. Um, you know, we have teachers mispronouncing my fucking name, which is only five letters. It's not hard. Um, constantly. Um, you know, when you have, uh, I remember, you know, I had one specific teacher and I do not remember her name, which is good for her. Um, because I remember there was, uh, I was in, I think it was in sixth grade and it was like a graduation thing. And so this was a predominantly black school, um, in North Plainfield. And so, um, the teacher who was white, an old white woman, uh, wanted the class to do this stupid fucking like dance routine for the graduation ceremony, which was just stupid, typical, like old white woman wanting the black kids to fucking shuck and jive. Right. So I, I don't dance i sweat right so i'm a young so she assumed that everyone in the class could dance because we were all primarily black and so she had us do this dumb fucking two-step from like the back of the auditorium to the front of the of 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 the uh the auditorium to the stage and sing the stupid fucking song and i like i just said do not dance and so i did not dance and i remember during the ceremony she literally grabbed me by the arm and like yanked me out of the line and put me on the side of the of the wall of the room while the rest of the class did the little dance and went up on stage and then I joined them after um so in my youth I've had a I've had racist encounters um I did not get called the word until much like Clinton I came to marry old Moncton um and uh no one has ever said it. Actually, they've said it to me once. Um, I, I do remember going looking for an apartment once before this incident. And uh, this was an office St. George by uh, by fucking a dance East and uh, the Mr. Credit. And uh, anyway, so I'm with my friend, Tim. And uh, so we we roll up to the to the, to the place and because he gave me a drive there and we knock on the door. And the person comes to the door and freaks the fuck out. Like literally had a conniption. No, we don't want you here. You can't stay. Even though I like talked to them on the phone and was like, yeah, I'm coming through to see the place. Um, so that was like one very, very awkward encounter. But my my biggest encounter here uh, with the word nigger was, and I think I've told the story before, I was working at, uh, at Blondie's Bar. And uh, this kid who was clearly underage, but we let him in anyway. That's fine. Um, he, would, he was a regular and he would come in, get drunk and do his thing. And he came up to me one day and I was a bouncer working the door. And uh, he came up to me and, and looked me in the eye and said, I don't like niggers, but I like you. And I was like, okay, good for you. That's good to know. And I mean, this kid was like 20, like not even 20, like maybe 19. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe he was underage. Maybe he was, he was legal. I keep forgetting that. But yeah, like he was a mad young kid. And, you know, again, we talk about this often about like, you know, the white privilege and the audacity, like this kid who literally was like 10 years younger than me at the time, if not a little bit, had the audacity to come up to me, a grown ass man, and say this and expect and, uh, and expect no repercussion. And, the, and, 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 and again, as a person of color, you get into these situations and, and you have to absorb them and you have to process them in the moment and you have to make this trigger decision of what you're going to do. Do I knock the kid out? Do I throw him out of the bar? Do I just say, OK, thanks and keep it moving? Like, what do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things. I, th- I don't think that people who are who are not visible minorities, I don't believe they really understand what that's like. 
Uh, maybe women do, um, but I think men, you know, white men do not understand what that's like. Like, who the fuck are you to come up to me and say something like that? You know what I mean? So anyway, long story short, that was my uh, my my racial encounters. But my biggest one was here in Moncton as well. Um, so. I almost I almost wonder if he if there was something in that like alcohol risky behavior where it's like I I wonder if there Inhibitions. was like a yeah well like if there was this if there was a scale of racism if he would fall on the less least racist side but willing to say anything to maybe get a rise out of someone or start a fight because he's drunk and went with (sighs) the most offensive thing he could think of or is he just downright racist like there's definitely racism at play to do that at all but i wonder see i think honestly i I, i'm again hindsight being 2020 Yes. Um, and me being a more, you know, you know, calmer individual. I'm going to dare say that because he was so young, I don't think he knew better. And it, 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 at the end of the day, if you break down what he said, it was sort of a compliment. And the fact that he's so, a regular does sort of mean that, like, yeah, so it's like, did, like it is a compliment. Right. In his eyes. Because, he thought because, he was doing you a, a exactly. You know, You're better than those niggers. Right. Because he felt that you're not like the his, niggers. Right, because in his experience, whatever he thought he knew or mm-hmm. saw on TV or heard his uncle or his father or his brother say, mm-hmm. clearly I was the opposite of whatever the fuck he thought he knew. So they weren't wrong. You were an exception. <laughs> right, but... <laughs> yeah, okay. like, but... No, my, no, in his mindset, yeah. it can't be that Black people aren't what I was told they were by my dad and my uncle and my grandpa. This guy just seems to be different than what they must be like. So to right. him, he's saying like, wow, you're really not like them. Right, which is, a, which is a back, still a backhanded <laughs> racist remark, but in a Super weird, racist. But in a yeah. weird, like, you know, facet, it's a compliment. And again, because he was so young, I think that's all he knew how to say. Yeah, and, and again, the alcohol obviously played a part in him being brave enough to say that to me at that time because I had seen him for months. Like he was always in there, yeah. so clearly this wasn't the first encounter with him. Um, but it's like, yeah, I just think that I, I it, it's definitely a double edged sword, right? Like, yeah, it's sort of kind of compliment, but I know damn well it's not because clearly what you think you know is way off base. Um, you know, it's but, similar to being called exotic as when I waitressed at Mavs, and I'm like. I was born on like the Moncton ah. Hospital exotic. <laughs> I don't think so. That's <laughs> I want to clarify because on a lot of episodes, I always stress that I'd never been called that until I moved to Moncton. And I've even said that I didn't experience like direct blatant racism in Toronto. But I think Alon, you'd agree. I mean, just because a city is more diverse, it doesn't make the people in it inherently any less racist. That is correct. They are just more attuned to how to speak and what to say where, and they are more conservative with the words they let flare flare out of their mouth. I mean, like, like I was, I'm referring to experiences where I was called that word, right? But it's not that, again, I could say that it never experienced, felt that something happened because I was a different color. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier too, just to kind of, you know, piggyback off that, you know, the city, those cities are so big where you can stay in your enclave yeah. and never go outside of that. Right. Yeah. And live and live your life and do whatever. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, I I agree with you. I, there are plenty of, of situations, you know, from my youth up into my young adulthood in, in New York and the tri-state area where, yeah, clearly I knew the people didn't like me clearly because I was of a darker shade. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So like it's yeah, these are, are just the extreme, you know, situations. But um it's always been an interesting thing in, in my life anyway, where people are just uh, the, the preconceptions that they have and what they've been indoctrinated with about black people is really disturbing when you enc- when you end up being the one to encounter and come into a situation like that where someone makes a comment about you being different than them or not like them or I didn't think you would like dumb fucking phrases like that. Um, you know, it's like me playing drums and liking rock music. People fucking freak the fuck out. Like they don't know what to do with themselves. Um, like, you know, people honestly don't believe that I know what I'm doing or know what I'm talking about when it comes to rock music. They, they assume that I'm just like dabbling in this because, you know, I I want to, um, and we talked about this kind of off camera, like everyone literally, when I started my production company, just made the assumption that I was a hip hop and urban producer. 
I didn't start making beats until my son was born because I was in the house with him for the first two years and I had nothing else to do. So I started making beats. It wasn't because I was like this, you know, this, this like in-depth culture, hip hop culture person. Um, it was just a nice way to stay creative and, 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 and it ended up, you know, being something that I, I could do pretty well. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, but I find those encounters too, to be extremely racist though. Cause then you kind of hear all the dumbness and you hear, you know, the preconceptions and you hear all of that. And then you kind of filter that out and then you got to correct them. And again, it's a split second decision. Like, what do you do in that scenario? Right. Do you walk away? Do you entertain it? You know, like, do you kind of gauge their personality and be like, oh, they're just like dumb and ignorant, but nice. So I'm going to stand here and like engage them for a little bit. I have a little bit of time on my hands. Like, you know, <laughs> well, I'll give you what one story about what happened to me in that same situation. Then I want to hear uh, Fidel's experiences. But so two things. One, I would argue that that whole trying to fit people of color and other people and people who are othered into boxes not not to be like oh the light skins but they're like we have no idea what to do with you as soon as we see you and we don't know which avenue to sort of put you in and anyway i found that extremely difficult and i think that definitely contributes to a lot of what i um would have said now one of my favorite stories ever 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 i was bartending at nabs at the time i did not know that rouge apparently no longer exists i was just found out um, but that's back when they were like side by side. And there was this one specific waitress who worked at Rouge who would come and get drunk at Nabs first, which is not legal. She did it regularly. And then they finally caught her because she also had like liquor with her in her like thermos claiming for it to be water. So she gets fired and she comes back to our bar to basically drink just all her sorrows away. But then the dilemma became that she wanted every man in there to give her free drinks. And so she would sit at these tables that I had to waitress and ask these men or like tell them the story about being fired and try to boohoo her white blonde way into free shots. And so I'm, I walk up to this table and she's, she says to these guys like, Oh, I really want like a Burt Reynolds. Da, 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 da. And the guy says to me in French, I don't know what you're doing later, but I'd like to buy you the shot instead. And she says, what did you say to my nigger waitress? Wow. <laughs> and, and in my split second reaction, I drug her, <laughs> I drug her out of the bar. It's the only time I've ever been aggressive, I swear. But that's, that's my story. Of my that's story the right reaction. move. That's, that's the right. And move. then I got the rest of the night off and I got those shots. So a beautiful tale. <laughs> um, Fidel, what was your experience like with the N-word or nigger in comparison to Clinton and Alon and how they they grew up with it? Um, it was different for me. Uh, it was, uh, again, English was not my first language. Uh, so I had to learn the word. And then when I learned the word in English, uh, we had to understand what it means. So basically... In Latin America, it, it is a bit different because, again, we had to understand the meaning of the word, right? You had to understand. And a lot of the, a lot of the terms that come with that word uh, are basically part of anybody's being. Like, if you go to Dominican, it's different. If you go to Brazil, it's different. If you go to Canada, it's different. If you go to America, it's different. Uh, in America, in the United States in particular, it has a way different symbolic meaning uh, just because of the fact that uh, there is a lot of history. Uh, in America, what the problem is in the United States is that Blacks are a subculture. They had to do their own subculture, their own music, uh, their own neighborhoods, their own economies, their own everything. Uh, not to look place like in Dominican Republic that everybody just intertwined and you don't see yourself as Black, you just see yourself as Dominican. Uh, in Brazil, which there's like a bunch of different shades, you don't see yourself as black, you see yourself as Brazilian. And in Cuba or Puerto Rico, although you are noticed as black, right? Uh, so when you say the word nigger or Negro, uh, it's not meaning uh, offensive. I was going to say it doesn't mean an offensive thing when it comes there in, in America. But when you go to the United States, or you go to places like Argentina, which is in South America, which is a very white place. It is very demeaning. Uh, it wasn't when 
when it comes to Canada, what the one of the things that I had to do was that, you know, um, you know, I couldn't say it on, on other black people because I only met two black people. Mm-hmm. And there was also the French thing, which a lot of people spoke French. So I didn't really I didn't say it for years uh, until I met actually Marcus, that we would felt like comfortable, like talking, like talking to a black guy. Uh, but the problem, I think uh, for me, uh, I heard it from two white people here. Uh, they were obviously drunk. They were really drunk. And I was like, what are you saying? And they were like, they apologize and everything. And they went through it. Uh, but I mean, again, I think the the word per se in here ha- has been different just because I don't say it a lot, really. I only say it with other black, like the word nigga, like, like NGGA, uh, which Clinton was talking about. I say it with other black people. But I try not to say the word too much because I, I know the context of it in North America. It's way, way different than when it comes to when you go to like a Dominican or Puerto Rico or a Cuba or something like that. See, I have to disagree with that because we all know that you have the whole shade issue. And it is Latin America, America, just like it is in North America, right? So in Brazil, in, in, in Argentina, wherever those countries are, you still have the issue of the darker skinned latin still that negro word was still not used as a term of endearment which is what that's my issue with your explanation that term in other languages is not done in a term of endearment that's still done as a term of someone being subservient being a laborer working in the sun and the lighter skin for the lighter skin people just like over in india right now that's why everyone's light trying to lighten their skin in bollywood right now because there's the darker skinned individuals are still shit on so whatever their word is for that, which is very similar, it seems to be a universal thing. That's where I have, that's my issue with the explanation of, of your explanation of how you chose to use the word and learn it. Because it's not used in any term of endearment anywhere in the world. Well, I'm just wondering though, like, would you argue in a way that that's similar to people saying blacks when like that technically is not a bad word it's just supposed to mean a color or for us like a um an adjective that separates us from other people but when you say it with like venom in your mouth and you're saying it in a derogatory way that's different than saying like that group of negroes and you do mean it in a mean way in a different in a different location or you don't mean it in a way like we'll never know what conversations that like weren't necessarily around Fidel specifically, but I do think that you, you can make any word a mean or derogatory word. I think that like nigger itself, hard R for me, there is never going to be a positive. There is no way to spin it. I personally have a hard time with nigga. I have a hard time with it being in rap songs and I want to get to that after, but I do, I do think that like, even like, we have a TikTok right now that's sort of blowing up and the, everyone's t- has a problem because it's this white man who's like, he's a cab, he's on our side, but he refers to us as blacks. And a lot of people in the comment are having a problem with that, even though he's on our side. So in that same way, would you argue that saying negro or negre in any way, even though it's not nigger hard R is as bad i would discuss <laughs> i would i would because i feel like the the american version of that is a spin-off of the spanish right uh, uh, so you know you know the, the spain and, and you know they had slaves well before the whole thing happened in the states right so you know portugal and all of them they they were you know heavy in the slave trade so that word that that was adopted into an american language and lingo stems from that negro so you can't Pick, so in my mind, I can't pick it for me. I can't pick and choose and say, well, Negro is, is OK, but nigger is not knowing that that is the root of the American of, of the American term. Now, on the issue of of, of being, you know, calling us blacks, um, I, 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 don't, I don't like that either. And I think you're right. You can say anything with, like you said, with venom and hatred, quite frankly. Right. You can like recite, recite the Care Bear theme. You know, in a death metal tone, and I'm sure everyone would, you know, would not like it. But, but I think that uh, it's a hard one because I, you know, African American is is a good term. It's a good descriptive term uh, because I feel that falls in line with Italian American, you know, you know, Russian American. Like it falls in line with you know that whole you know, and I'm using this term lightly, the immigration to America kind of thing, right? So. 
at least it 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 appears to give respect to to people of color. But um, yeah, I just feel that any white allies on the topic of that TikTok just really need to be cognizant a lot more of what they're saying, and and they do have a responsibility to choose the proper verbiage. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, he may be an ally, but I, but blacks were that's that's a, that's a dated term. We've moved on from that. Um, yeah, he may be saying it in love and, and in consideration and caring and support. But um, I just think on the issue of that type of that TikTok, he should be a lot more cognizant and and be a lot more careful with his words. But Adele, what did what do you think? Because you're the one who brought up the different language, well, and I do I do know that I'll, I'll give a very short story. Sorry, when I was working at Shoppers, they pulled a bunch of mascaras because they actually had black noir and negro listed as the colors of the mascaras because everyone did assume that it was a derogatory thing and i had to sort of educate people that like it literally just does just just translate to black now if you use that again for hatred that's on you and your rhetoric and your intonation and you being an asshole revlon i don't think was intentionally trying to be racist but I'll go ahead. And that's the thing. I think that's the that's the problem. It's a language thing and it's a history thing. The history of the Dominican Republic when it comes to race, it's way different than the American one. Uh, it's way different than the Brazilian one. Uh, it's way different than the Puerto Rican one. And it's way different than uh, the Bolivia or Colombia or whatever. And that's the problem what happens in Latin America. Uh, and I'll get into a brief history. Uh, in Brazil, the slaves, the people didn't have to fight for their freedom. Uh, the freedom was given to them by the Portugal. There wasn't one drop of blood made. Nobody had to fight for anything. So they lived together. And in Brazil, what happened was is that the blacks started having uh, children with the whites of Portugal. And that came naturally. Uh, there's a big book called Chica da Silva, which anybody could read, which is about that. Uh, but it's a different type of history. In Dominican Republic, per se, what happened was that uh, there wasn't black people. There were Indians, and they shipped the Black people to Dominican, which was the first country. And if you guys know, in Haiti, Haiti is a different country that's right next to the Dominican Republic. Uh, Haiti was colonized by the French, and Dominican was colonized by the Spanish. Uh, Haiti was the first Black uh, the first country by Black people to be independent, and they banned everything. There was a whole lot of racism with the French there. Uh, so they burned everything that was with the French. Uh, in the other side, which is Dominican Republic, what happened is that the Black people were starting to be uh, in cattle ranches. And the cattle ranches, the difference between the master and the slave was very, 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 very not similar. It was almost the same thing. And they started leaving. And the army of Spain started putting Black people as Spanish. So they nationalized them and they were pleading legions to Spain. So it's Everywhere you go in Latin America, it's different. But the word negro, uh, which when you say negro, it could mean different things. Now, if you say maldito negro, which means goddamn nigger, that's a problem because you're doing the derogatory. Uh, so it is a it is a quite a complex thing. Uh, when it comes to North America, it's a way different. It's way more complicated, and they had to fight way more for it. Uh, again. Black people got full rights in North America in the 60s. We're still, we're still, we're, we're thinking that this was, this was just, this was in the 20th century. Uh, like they got, in Canada, they only got rights in 1977. Compared to what in Latin America, they've been, you know, black people have been free for since the 1700s, 17, 1800s, right? So it, it is a different thing. And when you call that word, especially in Spanish, it could have different level, but it means color. It means everything. So the derogatory term, it's the racism is more and the derogatory can be more systematic or blatant to people than name calling. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I want to go now to the actual definition, just because I think it's a great segue into the next part that I wanted to talk about. So. In the English language, the word nigger is an ethnic slur typically directed against Black people, especially African Americans, because it is considered extremely offensive. Even if only mentioned and not used as a slur, it is often referred to by the euphemism the N-word. It is also in use with a more neutral meaning among African Americans, primarily as nigger. 
Now, is that true? Because, and I know it is like on paper true that it has a more neutral meaning among African-Americans. We'll go with nigga. Um, the, one of the blogs that I wrote recently for Black and the Maritimes was how I, I believe that the use of nigga in rap songs, the, the wording that I used that um, some of my white friends did not like is that when we use nigga, it encourages white people to use nigga and because they're stupid, they don't get it. Now, they did not like being called stupid. I will retract that white people are stupid. It's a generalization. But I do feel a bit like if we use nigga, or even if we hard are it around each other, it's like leaving a cookie jar out for a child who's then very tempted to either ask for uh, an N-word pass amongst their friends in high school and see if they can use it, to try to use it behind other people's backs, to be that person who's then going to randomly use it to their friendly black uh, bouncer at the bar because they keep hearing it in songs and they, they don't know where the actual line in the sand is clinton well i know we all have um a little bit of a music background but clinton i know you do what is your opinion on the use of even just nigga in black rap songs before i answer that i'll go back a bit um because yeah when i first started speaking uh at the beginning of the episode i was very clear in how i pronounced the word right mm-hmm. um i think words evolve. I think words change. I think words can be embraced differently by different people. I think if in some communities, uh, people who are friends are using that word to each other and they feel endeared when that happened, then I think that word can be used as a term of endearment. Uh, I don't think it's proper to say how, I guess you were reading that, Hillary. I'm not sure if you read it or said it, to, for me to try to define um, what that and what that word means to African Americans, because I think just within a panel, a panel of four people, we already can get the sense that it means different things to us. Um, I think it's complex. I, I growing up, I you know, I I heard that word all the time in Toronto. Uh, I heard the word nigga all the time in Toronto, among people of color, and it wasn't offensive, and it felt good. And it felt like um, felt like you were somehow closer to the person. Now, if we want to get super complex, black people can also say it to other black people in a way that's offensive. It, it is really based on intonation um, and context. So you could almost say there's three definitions of that word in North America. Uh, two for the <laughs> one that ends in A and one for the one that, that ends in E-R. Um, I'm going to partially abstain from all my opinions and using it in rap, uh, just because you know how politics goes and this this could be pulled up in 10 years and maybe I'll have a different opinion at that time. Mm -hmm. But I mean, trying to tell, in my opinion, trying to tell black people how they are or are not allowed to write their own rhythmic American poetry is, in my opinion, highly offensive. If white people have trouble reciting those lyrics and have to learn the differences between being at a concert and having being able to sing out most of the song and not say a certain word, then that's for up to them to learn. Um, I know my sister hates the word. I know my mom hates the word. I know I grew up using it my whole life. Um, and I, like, if, like, in my opinion, I guess I'm going to talk about it. Um, you know, in my opinion, if you have no visible connection to anything to do with an African heritage uh, and you are not connected to it, you shouldn't use it. You can't use it. And it's not fair. OK, it's not fair. <laughs> um, and maybe we should stop using it, but we shouldn't stop using it because white people suddenly think it's not fair. I, I mean, it's like to, it's this could not be a proper parallel, but it's like telling a woman what to wear. Right. You, you, you can't. It's music, it's expression, it's art. You don't get to tell a black person, after everything that black people have been through, what they can and can't say when recording and expressing their own creativity. People can choose not to listen to it, but I don't think anyone has the right to tell. Now, there are certain things in music you shouldn't be able to say. A white person shouldn't be able to say, kill all black people. No one should be able to say, let's put Jews in camps and and burn them. No one should be able to say, let's murder all the Palestines, Palestinian people. Um, a black person shouldn't use the word with an ER unless they're saying, trying to express that, you know, people used to call me that or don't call me that. However, 
the word GA. I, words change, words evolve, words take on different meanings. Words can have different meaning for different people. Even the same word spelled the same could have two different meanings. I guess I am going to speak about it. I, I just, it's, I, I know there's a lot of heated opinions about that word, and I don't know if I would ever want to use it in the future if I recorded new music, but the idea of restricting one's liberty to write poetry the way they see fit, as long as it's not mongering hate, to me, is would be an offense to, to music. I think that when you were talking about, you know, it, it sometimes being a word of endearment, I, what I wrote about and what sort of strikes me, and I, I don't want to say that, like, this is the problem with, uh, with Black people taking back the word, but the thing that I find, and it could just be that I've come from a place of languages, but when, when women took back bitch and they took back cunt, they decided to then keep the meaning between each other. Like, hey, bitch, sub bitch, or that girl's a bitch. It didn't change. But then when you take nigga and you, you, and you take off the hard R and you're trying to make it, that's my brother, that's my friend, that's my person... I just find that like it would be one thing if black people were like, we want to use the word to signify that we don't like that black person. And then it has the same meaning. It's still a bad word. It's still not a great word, but it's used amongst each other. When I say I'm being a cunt, I don't mean I'm being a ray of sunshine. I mean, I'm being a problem at that moment. I am a nuisance to myself. I'm a fucking cunt. I lost the scissors. Like that is genuinely what I mean. So I think that in trying to reclaim the word, we tried to make a new definition for the word. And what I wrote about and what I worry is that in making a new definition for the word, we made it cool again. And this is where I said that white people were stupid because they saw the glitter of a new word. They saw themselves left out of something that they can't handle not being a part of because white people need to be a part of everything because they created everything and colonized everything. And here we are. And I don't think I would ever say black people don't use it but i feel like using it it's not that it stirs the part it just continues it continues the use of it and i were i worry that white people will continue to use it as long as we do and that's almost the consequence or the ramification i do not believe that all white people will never take it upon themselves to learn doja cat lyrics without it i think they will still say it amongst their friends and pretend they don't for tiktok and won't at the concerts so that they don't get like beat up at the show and but in behind closed doors i think they're throwing it around left right and center and they feel like they're risky behavior it's so cool i say this word alon what's your opinion i agree with both you and and clinton and clinton's uh position sort of altered mine um because he made a very very good point um, no, because at first I was like, because <laughs> I, I, I think my feelings on the topic are so varied and all over the place because I can I can see and, and understand, you know, all the parallels. Um, you know, I could I, I understand the argument and the stance of us, you know, reclaiming the power of that word and 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 using it, you know, powerfully. And when Clinton said, you know, that made him feel welcome and, and made him feel you know, like he belong, like, like I'm paraphrasing now. This is not what exactly what he said, but I get it. I never, I never thought of it that way, but that resonated with me because he's right. There is something in that camaraderie when you're around other, other black people and it's nigga, this nigga, that like, I don't use it, but it is kind of cool when someone feels like you're cool enough to use that on. Right. Um, and I think, but that comes from the struggle though, right? Like, and I think I think what you're saying, Hillary, is very, very important too. that, you know, non-black individuals or namely white individuals need to understand that the use of the word and and, you know, the friendly greeting context of it is from the struggle. It, it, it's claiming that victory of, listen, we're not on that plantation right now. You know, no white man is calling me this. You know, we all know that back in the day, this is what it was. And that's I mean, you know, so and I like that. that like, there is there is something about that. It does, you know, make you feel like there's a sense of community and there's a there's a unspoken, you know, uh, camaraderie there and, and an unspoken unity there, which is nice. Um, on the music end, I feel that, uh, you know, when if, if hip hop wasn't and rap wasn't as commercial as it is, it probably wouldn't be a big deal. 
But the fact is that you got white people who who have realized very, you know, 20, 30 years ago that, you know what, this shit makes money. Um, and that's where if this was like an underground thing, just spoken word, it wouldn't be an issue. No white people are going to go around reciting spoken word poems. It's not going to happen. The problem is that, you know, fucking, you know, Jack and Jane with their suburban family and little Timmy and, and, and Jane in the car and the minivan are now reciting these lyrics. And they, you know, never, ever thought that, like, anything black would ever come into their home, um, you know. And, and, and the, the, so there's a conflict there in, in, in that segment of society. It's like, no, we don't we don't want that in our, in, in, in our lives. We don't want to know about that. We don't want to be reminded of that, but it's making us so much fucking money. Like, how do you say no to that? Right. So, you know, so you, I feel that it, I think it wouldn't be so bad if you didn't have the music industry pushing artists so hard um, to be popular and to be on that edge. And, you know, I think a lot of rappers, you know, at least I'll say about, maybe not the mumble rapper generation, but before that, I think rappers were, were writing for commercial success, right? They weren't really writing the lyrics they wanted to write, right? They weren't really writing about, you know, struggling. They, they were every now and again, but the label pushes you, right? I need that commercial hit. We got to have a hit record. We got to make that top 10. We got to make that, that hot 100. You got to sell X amount of units of this, of this, this project. Um, and you know what, what gets sales is when black people go ahead and just use that word loosey goosey and do what they want to do. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I think amongst black people, there's an understanding that's unspoken. Um, do I feel that white people have the right to use it? No, I do not. I I really don't. I don't care how much of an ally you are. I don't care, you know, if, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody, I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it's, it's much like if I was in a relationship with, with someone Jewish or my Italian wife, and I go ahead and decide I'm going to use some derogatory term. Because, oh, well, you know, I'm married to you, so it's okay. No, it's not okay, right? So I, I don't, do not think it's okay for, for white people to use the word. And you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, uh, we also have kind of turned that corner where using the word now has become edgy and cool and dangerous in a, in a, in a, in a very strange, popular way, right? Like, oh, yeah, I said the word, tee-hee, don't tell anybody, but I'm going to act like I've never even heard the word before ever, right? Um, and I think you probably know that better than, than, than any of us silly because you're 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 of that demographic so you you see the nonsense right you hear the nonsense so and i'm seeing older you know people do the same type of shit where they want to act like oh no but you know they they think it's just cool and edgy if they say it or they want to ask permission if you know if they're in your company and all that um i think it needs to be treated like any other derogatory term for any other race of people right you would not say derogatory shit about jews um, or anybody else, if, if that's the key, you know what I mean? Like treat it the same way, just because it's in popular culture, just because it's in popular music, just because, um, you know, it, it, it goes to a catchy beat or being sung in a catchy tune. No, you do not have the right to say it unless you are like, like Clinton said, unless you can prove that there is some direct correlation between you and African ancestry, you do not have the right to say that word. Um, but I think, you know, people of color i think you know yeah i mean you know latin people you know i mean in new york say it all the time to each other like it's you know it's, it's part of the struggle it's part of being brown right like that's that's kind of what it is so that's my take and here's another weird twist on that rule alan though no, you can't just have it somewhere in your heritage it can't be like 10 generations back you can't are be you like, sure because uh, logic right. gets well you know no logic. no you gotta be visibly <laughs> not only have the heritage but it has to you have to be a visible person of, of some form of color, at least. But here's the you thing: have, no, I think no, logic skin. You gotta have curly hair and a bit of a logic. Got, you got the curly hair, and if you look at it in the right light, uh, it looks brown. Well, so I, I'm, I'm on the fence about logic using it. Actually, is he? <laughs> is here's he, the. I, is he part black? He, yeah, yes. his dad. His dad. Oh, well, then, um, yeah, he can use it. Yeah, so here's he my last. Like but here's my last statement, though. White, especially here in Monk, all of you white rappers need to understand one very important thing. Your idol, Eminem, has never, ever, 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 ever used that fucking word ever in any of his songs. So when? Ever. Thank you. Yeah. So, so if so, if you're gonna model, if you're modeling yourself after him, you're like Eminem is my guy. 
then follow him to the T. It's an unfortunate problem that. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were done. No, it's no, an I'm unfortunate done. problem that rap music is so popular because it it, it makes I'm sorry it makes white people in power want to control it and then tell black people what they can say, whether they want them to use it a lot or whether they don't want them to use it. They they want control of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I Hillary, I don't personally believe that taking that word out of rap music would make a significant difference in the amount of people who want to use that word in hatred. I don't think it would stop them from using it. And like you said, like white people who people who are not black who listen to rap and love it, even when they're using that word and they're not supposed to, <laughs> they adore the culture and they love the culture and they and they're not trying to be raised. They want to use they they're they're in that middle zone where they 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 love the culture, they're not racist, but they want to use the word and they're not allowed to, and they're like, hey, this isn't fair, and it's just how it is. But I don't think take if we took it out of music today, if it never appeared in a rap song again as of tomorrow, I don't think people who hate black people would use it any less. I really don't. I I don't know that I agree with that simply because like the minute that Donald Trump got elected, the KKK was like, well, now we can be visible. I think the more white people that are are um, in the middle, they're playing devil's advocate. They're they don't pick actual allyship or actual racism allow for racists to sort of uncloak themselves and or haha cloak themselves as the kkk and 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 spout hatred because then they can do it in these covert ways or they can try to convert people who don't really know where they stand into being more hateful i think that the people who are hateful and are racist would not be less racist if we took it out of music. But I think it just gives them an opportunity to say it more, to spout their bullshit more, to go to people who might not have a specific opinion, who might be undecided and see if they can make them racist or, or, you know, help them tread that fine line between I say nigga because logic says it in his song. It gives them one argument to use, but it wouldn't make them use it any less. And it gives them one argument to use. Yeah, black people mm. say it in their rap songs, but it, it wouldn't make them use it any less. But that is like the common argument right now. Yeah, but it wouldn't rap, make them yeah, use that's... it any less. It just gives them one speaking point that sure. can then be argued. Yeah. Sure. Before we wrap up, Fidel, what's your take on? Because I, you allow, obviously, people to say nigger on the show as the co-founder of the show. Black and it people, is a, though. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's a black people and it is a black run podcast. Black people, I live, I live. <laughs> so all of that does make sense. But in terms of, you know, use outside of these types of conversations, what's your take? Look, it's a plain and simple. If, you, if you're not black, don't say it. It's, it's a, I mean, again, if you look at the thing, the first time that, the word nigger has been done in arts. It wasn't even black people that started. It was white people. If you if you read Huckleberry Finn, uh, it's uh, it was white people. Uh, the first uh, one of the one of uh, country songs or folk songs of America is called "Run Nigger Run." Uh, again, and this was in eighteen. I think it was in eighteen fifty one, which was the song. Again, most of the songs when the term nigger actually arised in the art. It wasn't black people. It was white people that started doing it. Uh, all that black people did is just take it to their endearment and, and make sure that it was offensive. And they integrated into their vocabulary. So they make sure that nobody forgot the word. Because I don't know if people understand. Uh, the motherland, Africa, try to search the history in Africa. It's not written. They didn't know how to read. Unless you go to Egypt. Uh, you see the hieroglyphics. Uh, that's it. That's the history. When those slaves were taken from Africa to America, they couldn't write their history. They didn't know their names. Everything was a race. It was just a race. And they were, instead of trying to name themselves Matumbe Inantu, they were called John Smith uh, because it was the slave of the Smiths or uh, Barry Anderson, because it's a slave name of Anderson. Malcolm X said it well. He changed his name to Malcolm X because Michael Little was a slave name. And that is true. That is what exactly is. So the part of the word nigger is only that black people in North America, again, doesn't happen everywhere. And in the UK also happens in different places, is because these people had to remind themselves of this hatred of word 
and they had to make it offensive. It wasn't that it, it just became offensive. Black people had to protest and get hosed and get beaten to make this word offensive for white people. It wasn't free. It wasn't that they, they got it. They had to fight for it. Uh, so if you're not black, don't say it just because, again, this comes from a long history of struggle. It comes from a long history of struggle. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that if you look at certain things, I don't know, uh, I'm even sometimes I'm even offended by the word African-American when people say African-American, because African-American means that you are descent from Africa and you grew up in America. That's not the case. There's generations of people that don't know anything about America. And also, if that was the case, what about Tunisia, Egypt? Uh, I don't know. Morocco, all those places are in Africa, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm a Moroccan person or an Egyptian person and I'm born in America, I'm an African-American. Or if I'm a white South African, which there's white people in Africa, and I was born in America, I could be cataloged uh, African-American. And that's not the case. Uh, black Americans, they're Black, they have a history. They had, again, it wasn't for free. They had to fight for this and they had to fight for that word. Uh, that term... It was to be offensive. People have to fight for it. It wasn't free. So that's that's my take on it. Um, I will say this last thing before we wrap it up, I think, um, that in terms of slave history, if anyone ever has the chance, the island of Gore, G-O-R-E with an accent E, it's near the country of Mali in Africa, and they actually still have um, one of the, like, holding containers where they kept black people before they were then led to a boat to be sent to America and basically never seen again. And the reason I know about this is because uh, my family went once when my brothers were really little as a means to, you know, teach um, my brothers about slavery in a country right next to where our grandmother is from and just how close um, it really is to home in terms of, you know, it's, I think we're really blessed that you know, none of my ancestors were slaves, but it, like it's, there's an Island right next door to where my grandmother's from that, um, you know, it was, it was those people there. So it could have been anybody. And that's all I have to say. Any, anyone else? No, no, I, I, I thank you. <laughs> for, I for... thank you. <laughs> Fidel, do you want to do our usual outro? All right. Uh, so if you want to, you know, know more about us, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please donate on Patreon or PayPal uh, in maritimes.com That helps the show out. Uh, and get us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Black in the Maritime. So peace Bye. out.